The Unbiased Fan Podcast is finally back. We are here ready to talk everything about the NFL regular season that's set to kick off on Thursday. In today's episode, we're going over seven bold predictions for the upcoming NFL season. These aren't your normal chalk predictions that anybody could do. These are bold, out-of-left-field predictions that only yours truly, the unbiased fan, could give. Stick around. Okay, let's start with number seven. The Steelers will finish under 500 for the first time under head coach Mike Tomlin. Since he's been the head coach, the Steelers have never had a losing record. It's pretty remarkable when you look at every how long he's been there, the ups and downs that they've had, compare him to other head coaches that have been elite and how they've had losing seasons. Bill Belichick's had a losing season once Brady left. Andy Reid's been up and down. Sean Payton's had up and down seasons. But Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. And a lot of that can be attributed to Ben Roethlisberger. No matter, regardless of what you think about him, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback and he definitely played a big part into a lot of those winning seasons, even as his play declined in the last bit, last few years of his career. But here, just looking at the team, looking at the division, I think they're going to finish under 500. And it's going to be something like uh, 8 9. I'm not expecting them to go 5 and 11. No, sorry, 5 and 12. I have to get this 17 game schedule numbers worked into my head. They're going to go 8 and 9. They're going to be in the playoff contention, the playoff hunt right to the very end. I just don't think they have quite enough to get it done. I have a lot of concerns with their offensive line. I'm not really sold on that. Everyone knows their defense is great. There's no uh, concern with their defense uh, stepping up and, and coming through like they should. It's the offensive line and the quarterback situation. And I'm not wanting to be on here and and shitting on Ken, Kenny Pickett. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I, I really do. But he's currently the backup. And the starter is Mitch Trubisky. And I have yet to see anything from any film in the NFL during Mitch Trubisky's career that gives me any sort of hope that he could be a a top-level quarterback, a, an above-average starter, an average starter even. There's there's not even any glimpses of potential that I see from this dude. It's it's bad. And, you know, you could say, okay, well, Trubisky's there, and he's just going to teach Kenny Pickett, and Kenny Pickett's going to start week one. Well, last I checked, Trubisky's the starter, and Trubisky's also the captain. And I know quarterbacks are almost always the captains in the NFL, but he still is. I mean, that the facts are still the facts, and I just, I don't. I think that sends a message to us that Kenny Pickett is one of those quarterbacks that's probably going to need a, a full season being the backup to get ready to, to play. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I think, in, in fact, I really do think more quarterbacks, more prospect quarterbacks should ride the bench for one year before getting thrusted into the starting role. It just allows them to learn, allows them to practice more. You don't worry. You don't have to worry about bad habits being displayed, about potential injury from trying to make something happen. There's just so many variables with the quarterback position, and it's just easier for a quarterback to just sit there and, and learn for a year. It worked wonders for Patrick Mahomes. It's not like you get you have to sit for a year, you're going to be a bust or a, a game manager. It worked great for Patrick Mahomes. 
it's for this year. I think there's some concerns there. I really don't like the offensive line. The, there are some concerns with the wide receivers, and I think they're going to finish eight and nine. The Ravens and the Bengals are both going to be really good teams in their division. The Browns are the Browns, and they're just going to be a dumpster fire because they decided to uh, tempt karma and the football gods by putting all their stock into the Deshaun Watson gamble. So that's number seven. The Steelers will finish under 500 for the first time under head coach Mike Tomlin. And now number six, the Denver Broncos will finish last in the AFC West. Well, first of all, someone has to finish last, just like someone has to finish first, second, and third. And I just think it's going to be Denver this year. I I really do. I think they're a good team. I, I really like Russell Wilson. I like their roster. You just have to compare it to the rest of the division. And yeah, they they made a big swing. They finally got their quarterback. I don't I don't know if it's going to be enough for for this year. The division is low. Look, I mean the Chiefs, they're not the Broncos better than the Chiefs? No. Are the Broncos better than the Chargers? I don't think so. Are the Broncos better than the Raiders? That's the real issue is who's going to be better, the Las Vegas Raiders or the Denver Broncos. We're going to get some really good games between them. I just, I think, I think the Vegas Raiders are going to be better. I, I, I really do. I think that Derek Carr is going to be good enough. You know, if you compare quarterback to quarterback, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, I'm going to take Russell Wilson, but I, I just trust the roster overall in Las Vegas more than I do with Denver. Um, that they have a new head coach in Denver. Russell Wilson is in his, you know, first new team in his NFL career since he was drafted to Seattle. New system, new playbook. All those things are going to play a factor. There's going to be a bit of a learning curve. And let's be honest here. Russell Wilson took a big step back last year. And that that's that's not a hot take. That's not a bold prediction or 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 an analysis or anything like that. Russell Wilson just wasn't as good as we're used to seeing. We we know we had the the injury to a, to his finger and he came back. He rushed back to try and come back. Some people say he came back a little early. Either way, he wasn't looking good before the injury. He wasn't looking good after the injury. He's, you know, older in his in his NFL career, even though he takes great care of his body. He has something to prove. He has something to prove to me to show that, hey, you know what? The the Russell Wilson that everyone gets so upset that he's never even received an MVP vote. That guy's still here. That guy's in Denver now, not in Seattle, as opposed to the guy we saw last year, who was good, but we you could just tell something was was wrong and something was missing. And that very well could have been that Wilson wanted out. He was done with Pete Carroll. He wanted uh, a new system, a more modern system, and I get all of that. I really do. But it just it, it makes prove it. Prove it, Russell Wilson. I think the Raiders are better. They had a great passing attack last season. That they were they were really good. They added Devontae Adams, who out of respect to all the other wide receivers out there, especially the Cooper Cup, I think Devontae Adams is still the best wide receiver in the league. I know Cooper Cup had a historic season. He won the Super Bowl MVP. I thought he should have been the regular season MVP because he did the triple crown. He was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I love Cooper Cup. I really do. But I think that if you were to put every wide receiver on the free agent market, 
Devontae Adams goes first. I just think he's more dynamic. He's more physical. He's more athletic. And yeah, it could be a 1A and 1B. But I think Devontae Adams is just a little bit higher. And the, the Raiders freaking got him from Green Bay. And they already had a pretty good uh, receiving core. I think they're going to be really scary. They may be the third best team in the AFC West. But they could also be potentially the, the third best team in the AFC. Or fourth best team in the AFC. It's a very loaded division. You look at the rest of the division with Kansas City. You can. I'm not buying into the losses that they had. They used that money and they rebuilt the offensive line. They have the probably the first or second best offensive line in the league. And Patrick Mahomes with time is scary. He's going to find people and he's going to show that you know the the postseason game, the collapse against Cincinnati. That's not who Patrick Mahomes is. The Chargers are going to be great. I mean, Herbert is on a uh, Justin Herbert on a warpath. They have made some great additions in free agency, and I just think they're those three teams are just better than what Denver's at. Again, I like Denver. I love Russell Wilson. I just think this team probably needs a year to get together, figure out how they're going to play, and then next season they can go for one of those wild card spots, or maybe even try and spoil and win the division. But yeah, number six, the Broncos will finish last. In the AFC West. Number five. This is kind of a twofer. So you're getting two for the price of one here. Arizona. They're going to struggle with DeAndre Hopkins being suspended. They're missing the playoffs. And Trey Lance with his learning curve as a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He's going to halt the momentum for his team. Missing the playoffs. I feel like these are both pretty uh, bold predictions if you look. The NFC is definitely the weaker of the two conferences. All the elite teams, besides a couple, seem to be in the AFC. And most of the good teams in the NFC, you could argue, are in the NFC West. That seems to be the best division in the NFC. Outside of Seattle, the other three teams have have been pretty good and were in the playoffs last year. So why am I picking both Arizona and San Francisco to miss the playoffs? Well, let me tell you. Let's start with Arizona. I think that's kind of the more uh, hot take uh, team. Definitely has more uh, variability. It was a bad offseason. Let's just be real here for Arizona. Bad offseason. I'm not talking about the trades. I'm not talking about the draft. I mean, they got Hollywood Brown, who's a good wide receiver. But I felt like they overpaid for Hollywood Brown. He's never been a guy that's really uh, stood out to me as a true number one. I get that they wanted to uh, bring in, bring him in because he was teammates with Kyler Murray. They're trying to make Kyler Murray happy, bring in one of his best friends. There is going to be some uh, some bonus from as far as how good Hollywood Brown is because he knows Kyler Murray so well. So maybe he could be better. Also, Kyler Murray is going into a more uh, pass centric offense as opposed to being in Baltimore that was the least pass centric offense in the league. Even with all that, I never looked at Hollywood Brown as a guy that was great. I found it weird he was named nicknamed Hollywood Brown because nothing about his game screamed Hollywood to me. It was just, yeah, he's a good wide receiver. Not great, but good. The whole thing comes from the level of confidence and the mistrust between Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. We all know about the clause in his contract. Well, first of all, it took a while just to even get the contract, the, the extension to him. But once it was offered, 
the language in there is is all over the place with ha- not being able to be on his phone, iPad, or playing video games during film. Like he had to have adult supervised film sessions at home. Like what does what does that mean? That that seems that was a dagger. That was that they knew that that was going to leak, and the Arizona Cardinals are saying, "Look, man." We need you to be serious here, and we're going to make you look bad. And that can't put any trust that Kyler Murray has into the Arizona Cardinals. I just can't. We have all the drama. I'm not going to rehash all the other drama with Murray removing all the Cardinals stuff from his Instagram. There's just a lot of drama. I don't think there's a whole lot of trust there between the quarterback and the front office and the coaching staff. And that's never good. That's just never good for a team or for an organization. They also, the last time we saw the Cardinals play a, a meaningful game, so regular season or postseason, the Cardinals just were terrible. I mean, they they wet the bed. It was the one game with the Rams, and was I think it was the Monday game, and it was embarrassing. Like, Kyler Murray looked scared, and he looked like he just quit. Like, obviously, the Rams won the Super Bowl, and they were the better team, but they won in such a convincing and overwhelming fashion that it looked like Kyler Murray just wanted to go home. And based off of some of the uh, information we've learned from the Arizona Cardinals, he wanted to go home and play video games. That, that's how it looked. It, it definitely leaves a bad taste in, in, in my mouth as far as making a prediction for what the Cardinals are going to do. I don't like and I don't trust their head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he is an elite-level play caller. I don't think he is... A, quarter, a coach that can take a team and truly elevate it to make it to the point where the, uh, what's the saying, the sum is greater than the parts or the whole is greater than the parts of, the, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't trust him. Let's also add into the fact that DeAndre Hopkins has been suspended the first six games of the season. That's a big deal. Hop is one of the best wide receivers in the league. He's definitely top five. He's supremely athletic and has been Kyler Murray's kind of safety net. Well, he's out in six games. And the real thing, I think the real thing that's going to hurt them is kind of like a double down is Arizona is a first half team. Or you could even say maybe even like two thirds or three quarters team. They never finish games strong. They always start super good. So you take away their best weapon, the first six games of the year, they're not going to be as good as we normally expect them to. So let's say if they had D-Hop, we could expect Arizona to probably go, without looking at the schedule, like four and two, right? Maybe five and one, somewhere in that range. Without D-Hop, we're talking probably three and three, maybe two and four. So you're talking one or two games as far as what the suspension is going to cost them in the wins column when they're normally hot and then when they slow down, when they play bad, when Kyler Murray's uh, play really starts to drop, they don't have those wins. They don't have any wins to give. They don't have a buffer any longer. And I, I don't, I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I like the Cardinals. I like Kyler Murray. He's fun to watch. I just don't trust him. And I think they're going to go eight, nine, uh, seven and 10. The second one is with the 49ers. Same division, similar issues. It's all based around the quarterback. Trey Lance was picked the third overall last year. And, uh, well, it was kind of a reach. 
He, he didn't really do much in the regular season. He wasn't, no one really knows a whole lot about him. And I just think that if they're going to start Trey Lance, which in all honesty, they should, if you draft a quarterback number three, he should be starting for your team. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be a ton for him to learn. He's going to make a ton of mistakes and he's going to cost your team at least a couple games, probably more like three or four like at bare minimum, no matter how good the roster is. If a quarterback is raw and is learning how to play and is at this high level when he wasn't even at the you know top level in college, there's going to be a lot to learn. And I just think he, you know, he could have a great career. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. I'm just saying that he's probably not ready to lead a team into the playoffs. But San Francisco's in the spot where they need to see if he can do it. They need to see if he can be the quarterback for this team moving forward. And I expect them to stick with it as they should and fall just short. That's number five. Both Arizona and San Francisco are missing the playoffs. Prediction number four is based all out of the NFC East. Philly and Washington, they're making the postseason. Dallas, uh uh-uh, they're missing. Why do I think that? Well, let's take a look at all three teams. Philly had a really good offseason. They seemed like they drafted pretty well. They made some really good trades. And they seem to be ready to go all in with the Jalen Hurts experience. They want to see, okay, can we make it work with him? Can he win for us? Is he ready to make the next step to make the key throws that we really need to make a, a run in the postseason? Sure, he's unconventional. He's different. But I feel like the team's ready to win in a fairly weak division. Despite having two teams make it, I don't think the rosters and a whole lot of these teams are going to be great. Let's go and look at Washington. Washington had a pretty rough year last year, but they've improved the roster. The defense is is better. It's healthier. Chase Young is back from his ACL tear, so he should be able to uh, wreak havoc again like he was before he got hurt. I don't love Carson Wentz. I don't trust Carson Wentz a ton. But I think the team around him is going to be good enough. He's got a fantastic uh, wide receiver and Terry McLaughlin, Scary Terry. He's going to throw the ball to a ton. I think he's going to be able to not save his career because Carson Wentz is never going to go back to anywhere close to where he was in 2018. But I think he can show that he has a little bit left and isn't worth just trading year to year to year. Something that they could kind of build with until you find a quarterback that you might like better whether it's in free agency or in the draft. I think they're a nine-win team. I think they're right on that border. Philly's probably a 10-win team, and that's going to be good enough to make the playoffs. I don't think it's too crazy to think they could get there. The real thing is, you know, what's going on with Dallas? And I don't want to sound like a cowboy hater. I just don't trust them anymore. We've seen this iteration of the Cowboys for a number of years, They've never been able to put, you know, back-to-back winning seasons or back-to-back conference, uh, sorry, division winners. So logic and history would tell us that they're not, they're going to have a setback this year. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. He isn't a great quarterback. He's not a quarterback that I would trust, but he's good enough to get it done. The offensive line, I do have some concerns. They have some injuries there that they're going to have to shuffle around. The defense, I think, is going to be good enough, but I just, I, it's a matter of trust with this team. I don't trust Jerry Jones to make the right moves, and I for sure do not trust Mike uh, McCarthy, their head coach. I thought that was a really poor and really dumb hire that they made a couple years ago. And I just think Dallas, they're going to be, 
good. They'll probably go eight wins, maybe nine wins, but they're just going to miss the playoffs. I, I think Philly and Washington are just better teams. I feel like Washington's defense is going to come back to form to what we saw in 2020 as opposed to what we saw last year in 21. Carson Wentz is going to have, to have a lot to prove. He almost brought the Colts to the playoffs. I know he played really poorly, but he has a much better array of weapons in Washington to work with. I think that's going to help him a ton. I think Philly is really going to be the team to look at uh, in the NFC East. I think they're going to be the team that's going to win the division. I think Jalen Hurts is going to show, hey, you know what? I'm unconventional. I'm different. You have to build your roster different around me. But I'm good enough. I'll get you the playoffs. And who knows? Maybe if we get a couple lucky matchups, I can get you to the NFC Championship game. Do I trust him as a full franchise quarterback that you're going to pay top level dollars to or what, you know, the 40, 50 million market. No, he's never going to be that, but he could be a unique option where he gets it done on the money. You save, you could put in other spots. And again, maybe you get lucky, maybe you get a lucky break, a good matchup and never know what can happen. So that's number four, Philly and Washington make the playoffs and the Dallas Cowboys miss. Number three, Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded to Pittsburgh. Let's just look at, at both situations. The 49ers, they can't have Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. It, it's, it's not going to help either quarterback be successful. The locker room is going to be divided. Jimmy Garoppolo is very popular in the San Francisco 49ers locker room. And if you want Trey Lance to be your guy, to be your leader, your signal caller, you can't have guys wishing that Jimmy G was going under center instead of Trey Lance. You just can't. You need to trade him. And Jimmy Garoppolo has value. It may not be a ton, but he has some value that you can get for a team to trade for. He's a good quarterback. He's not great, but he's a good quarterback. You can get some value for him. So why would San Francisco just hold on to a potential asset that they could get some value for that could potentially help Trey Lance become a better quarterback. It just makes sense for them to trade. It, it, it just does. Now, where is he going to go? Why did I say Pittsburgh? It, the answer is simple. If the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't starting Kenny Pickett towards the start of the year, which as far as I'm reading, I could be wrong, but as far as everything I'm seeing, Mitch Trubisky is a starter. If, if you're not going to go with Kenny Pickett and you're going with Mitch Trubisky, then you're just setting yourself up for some for some losses. Mitch is awful. I know we talked about that in number seven, but I'm just going to say it again. Mitch Trubisky is an awful quarterback. And if you want to try and win some games, if you want to try and make a run to the postseason, go for Jimmy. Jimmy would be a really good addition to this team. He's smart. He can learn the playbook. He's a good game manager. He's accurate. He's well-respected and well-liked. I, I don't see why he would. there would be any issues with him in the locker room. I think Mike Tomlin could really get behind him and say, hey, you're going to come in here. You're going to start for us. We have a good team. We're going to make it work. We're going to show you some stuff here. With you know, I want you to work with Kenny Pickett, help him come along. And Jimmy doesn't seem to have any issues uh, mentoring younger quarterbacks, unlike the guy that he was backing up in, in New England. I think it just makes all the sense in the world. Now I have no idea what the the what the San Francisco 49ers are going to ask for Jimmy G in a trade. You know, I'm not that plugged in. I haven't done that research, but I think that makes sense that Pittsburgh is going to get into the season. They're going to be like, "Crap, we are like uh, what the trade done is halfway through the season." So they're going to be 
they're going to be like what three and six or three and five maybe potentially and be like man Mitch sucks he's terrible like we can't Kenny's not ready and Mitch is just costing us games left and right what what are we gonna do we got we can't we can't do this we gotta try and make the postseason we gotta try and win five you know win nine games to keep Mike Tomlin's streak of uh, 500 or better and Jimmy G just makes all the sense in the world I, I think it's you know he's gonna get traded I think he would be a great addition in, in Pittsburgh number two Baltimore is finally going to get healthy. They're finally going to have some semblance of control over their roster as far as injuries go. Lamar Jackson, he's going to bet. He's obviously betting on himself, not signing any kind of contract extension that Baltimore is offering. That's going to work. AFC Championship game for Baltimore. It's a bold prediction given how how subpar Lamar has looked in his postseason games. Nothing about his postseason play has ever been like, oh man, that's a guy that I want in in a conference championship game down by 10 with, you know, six minutes to go. He he's a front runner. He has to be ahead and Lamar Jackson's great. I don't I'm not I don't want to come across as a Lamar Jackson hater because I think he's a great quarterback. His story is is pretty cool. I don't think you know even in the at the time of the draft, I don't think he should have been taken as low as he was. He should have gone higher. But he has limitations. He just does. I mean, it's that's a tough position to play. But I think he's going to come in more prepared, more ready. He's going to be healthier. His team is clearly going to be healthier, ready to go. They're going to be, I don't know if they're going to win the division or not. I haven't gotten that far as, you know, when I pick my division winners and everything. But I think they're going to be a wild card team, bare minimum. They're going to get hot. And they're going to go to the AFC Championship game. I really think this is kind of his year. If, if Lamar Jackson is ever going to show that he is a quarterback you can trust for a postseason contending team, not just a, a regular season team, but for a true contending team in the postseason, we're going to see it this year. It's this year or never. All the cards are on the table. All the chips are in. He's going all in on himself, and I'm all for it, and I hope he does great, and I think he will. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to the AFC Championship game. And that is my my number two prediction, bold prediction for the year. All right, we are now here. We are at my number one bold prediction for the NFL season. And coming in, number one, Tom Brady finally falls off due to old age. <laughs> Just, I'm sorry. I'm laughing here. Just kidding. Never bet against Brady falling off. He's proven he's more cyborg than human. Couldn't help myself. Had to get in there. Don't bet against Tom Brady. My true number one bold prediction for this upcoming NFL season, the MVP curse is finally broken, but not by who you're thinking. Now, first of all, in case you're not aware, what is the MVP curse? The MVP, and I'm not sure how popular this is in, uh, you know, normal sports media. It's something that I started noticing probably around 2012, 2013, maybe even 2011, the MVP curse is the last MVP, you know, player that won the MVP in that season that won a Super Bowl same year was Kurt Warner in 1999. Think about that. Think how long ago that was. The last time 
We had this MVP win the Super Bowl, same season, Kurt Warner, 1999. So this is before Brady's dominance. This is before Peyton Manning truly arrived. Now, Drew Brees never won an MVP, but this is also considering Drew Brees with his elite level play. Just think about that. It's been since 1999. Aaron Rodgers, all the you know, all his MVPs that he's won, never, you know, didn't win. Can't win the Super Bowl. I think it's finally going to get broken. I think this is the year we're finally going to have a team, a, a player win the MVP and then host a Lombardi trophy uh, in the same season. A lot of people are thinking it's going to be Buffalo. Buffalo Bills are the preseason favorites to win the Super Bowl. And Josh Allen is a seemingly odds-on favorite to win MVP. And you know what? If if I was betting actual money, you know, that's a, that's the safe bet to make. The Bills do look like the favorites. Josh Allen does look like the favorite to win MVP, as, as they both should. They're both fantastic. They're a fantastic team, fantastic quarterback, and you know, taking off my unbiased fan name, I want to see Buffalo win. It'd be awesome. The fans deserve it. I love Josh Allen. I love watching them play. They're they're such a fun team to watch. It would be so cool to see him win. But I don't think it's going to be Josh Allen that breaks the curse. It's not going to be Patrick Mahomes either. I don't think the Chiefs are quite there. I think they probably make their real attempt next year. My bold prediction is Justin Herbert wins the MVP and the Los Angeles Chargers win the Super Bowl. Let that sink in. The Chargers, who are just usually one of the uh, unluckiest, worst-ran franchises, despite having good talent always around them and having good wins. Like, it's weird, because you can't call them, like, a, a cursed franchise in the sense that they're, like, what Cleveland was forever, or Cincinnati, or before Drew Brees arrived in New Orleans, what the Saints were. Like, there's a lot of cursed franchises that are just never good. The Chargers have had a lot of good success, a lot of good teams, good records. They've just never gotten, they've never fulfilled their potential, what we thought they would be. And I think this is the year that it changes. They were excellent, excellent in free agency. They absolutely killed it. Justin Herbert looked like a man on a mission last year. And all indications, all reports during his preseason is that he's like 10 times better. And you're thinking, how can Justin Herbert be 10 times better than what he was last year? Well, we're going to find out. Justin Herbert is just going to be on a warpath. And he's in a tough division. I don't know if they're going to have all the wins that you normally see an MVP winner get, like we usually have seen with Aaron Rodgers. But we're going to see some crazy good stats. That We're going to look at their schedule and we're going to go, you know what? Maybe they only finished 12 and 5 as opposed to a team with a better record. But man, damn, just look look how good he was. Look at those numbers. Look at how spot on he was. I think this is this is his year. It's a bold prediction because the Chargers aren't a perfect team. They have a brand new head coach. They're in a tough division and a tougher conference. But I think it's going to happen. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this regular season. I'm really excited to uh, start uh, doing my podcast again. And I think, I think this is it. I think this is a year for the chargers. I think Justin Herbert's going to go and, and finally take over. So that's it. Those are my seven, uh, seven bold predictions for this upcoming NFL season. Um, we'll revisit this after the Super Bowl. We'll see if I got any of them right or, or how I did. And we can 
y'all can roast me on on social media, not you know saying I'm an idiot or whatnot. But there it is. Want to make seven bold predictions before the regular season started? They're all out. If you enjoyed this video, please uh, subscribe and watch and follow us. More content is going to be coming up. I'm going to be covering the NFL and the NBA uh, this season moving forward. So I will see you guys next time.